Shabbat Shalom, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Greetings to all of you out there, the 12 tribes of Israel scattered abroad. Baruch Hashem, bless the name of Yahuwah. We are in Maaseh Shlachim, the Acts of the Apostles, better the Acts of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. We're in the 19th chapter today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Those of you that are there live in the chat, greet one another and edify and encourage one another. Remember, you can always connect six days a week by going to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. We've got all kinds of platforms and technologies for you guys to connect digitally wherever you are in the world. What a blessing. And all of you that do support the ministry, thank you so much for your graciousness, your kindness and support. Whatever it is, it means all the difference to us. And thank you. Thank you. Bless one another. We are in Acts chapter 19, part 2. Now, is there going to be a part three? You know, there is so much content here because to me, I don't know about you, but to me, when I read Acts chapter 19, this is major spiritual warfare with practical application. Remember, we are a tripartite being. We are carnal flesh. And man, does the devil want to take your flesh? And we are a soul, a living soul. We have feelings, thoughts, emotions. Is that under attack right now? And we are spirits. And the spirit comes from Yahweh. And we are to connect with the Holy Spirit so that we can ascend and eventually be transfigured. The tripartite man is being attacked at every, every opportunity. Acts chapter nine, 19, excuse me, we find Rav Shaliak Shaul, Rabbi Apostle Paul. He is in Ephesus and he is attacked. There are riots. This, this chapter to me is power packed. We did the first part. Today we're going to do the second part. We may have to get into a third part. We're going to jump in in verse 7. Follow along with me. Open up your scriptures. And all the men were about 12. And he, being Shaul, went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for around three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of Yahuwah. But when some were hardened and believed not, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples. And they held Midrash daily in the yeshiva of Taranus. Five things to start off with. It's in the description of the teaching today. Number one, facing adversity and evil. Number two, we're going to look at four Bible words that expose roving exorcists. Number three, we're going to look at today's seven power players of Sceva. 
Yes, there were the seven sons of Sceva, but today we are in living amongst the seven power players of Sceva. Number four, what does it mean to be free? Everyone talks about freedom, but what does it mean to be free? We're going to look at four things within just that. Number five, quelling the mob. And within that, there's four stages of cultural comatose docility, docile. Again, what we find here in our text is we find Paul pushing on in spite of his circumstances. And what happens when you push on? In spite of your circumstances, you will find immense gains in your life. Because here, no matter what happens with Paul, no matter what circumstances come at him or he finds himself in, he gains immense success in reaching the nations. But then what happens? There's pushback. The serpent raises his ugly head again in the form of men, in the form of those that speak ill of him, being the synagogue of Satan. They become obstinate. The Jews become obstinate, hardening themselves, becoming malicious, becoming insulting. They literally spoke in the Hebrew ra'ah. Ra'ah meaning evil. It's spelt Resh Ain Che, and its first usage is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. It means evil, naturally or morally, bringing about adversity, affliction, calamity, and displeasure. Have you suffered from any of that this past year? Because this whole world is predisposed to ra'ah right now, and it's all about bringing forth more of that natural or moral evil, trying to turn people against one another any way they can, even at the sake of their own soul. Look at verse 10. This continued for around two years. Two years. How could he sustain it? How can you sustain it? How can I sustain it? By pressing into the power of the Ruach HaKodesh and overcoming our flesh, overcoming our soul, our emotions, and tapping into that spiritual realm that only comes through the faith walk that we have, that new birth, so that all those who dwelt in Asia Minor heard the word of the master Yahuwah, Jews and Greeks and Arameans, verse 11, and Yahuwah worked special signs by the hands of Shaul, Paul, so that even from the clothes on his body were brought to the sick, uh-oh, four things, handkerchiefs, or aprons, and the diseases departed from them. The Shedim, demons, went out from them, and the insane, there's some insane people around today, and the insane were restored. Then certain, certain roving exorcists, I like that translation, certain roving Jewish exorcists, 
took it upon themselves to call over those who had the demons. We're going to look at four things right here. Handkerchiefs, aprons, diseases, and exorcists. And if you've got your Bible dictionary open, you're going to want to look up those Greek and Hebrew words. Because we need to break down what in earth is happening around us and to our loved ones today. That's what we need to do. Four words here will expose the roving exorcists. Because they are roving, seeking who they can devour over this whole world. And they are in play today. Number one, handkerchiefs. The Greek word here is sardarion, sardarion. And it's of Latin origin, sudarium, sudarium. It means a sweat cloth. That is a towel for wiping the perspiration from the face or binding the face of a corpse. That's what it means. These are roving exorcists. Anyone have any ideas of a sweat cloth that is bound around the face of a walking dead man, a corpse? We've literally got a whole world psychologically sycophantic to this. Now, the interesting thing, any of you that have studied military history, of course, I went to a military boarding school, so I'm very aware of this. The military boarding schools always teach you and study hooding. You're like, what are you talking about? Hooding. If you look back in history, from hanging to firing squads to retreating troops, this is taught in all military academies. It's all about enabling the soldier or executioner to perform their duty of killing. You wonder why they always hood somebody before hanging. They hood somebody before a firing squad or retreating troops and you look at the kill rate of retreating troops when their back is turned to when troops are engaging and forcing. These have been studied for hundreds of years, the mechanics of this. And the reality of hooding, some people would think it's for the person that's about to be executed. No, it's not for the person that's about to be executed. It is a device that has been used for millennia to enable the executioner to perform his sick duty of killing. Why? Because hooding removes humanity. Yahuwah says that he is the Elohim of Panaim el Panaim, face to face. But if you remove the face, it makes it easier to kill. Hence why they always hood people before execution. Not for their benefit, but for the benefit 
of getting the job done. Why am I sharing this to you today, people? Wake the hell up. It's all about enabling the soldier or executioner to perform their duty of killing. In World War II, there was a 15% firing rate. 85% of soldiers did not fire. 15% did. There was a 15% firing rate in World War II. That's a problem. By the time we got to the Vietnam War, there was a 90 to 95% firing rate. Problem corrected. What happened? They psychologically trained and programmed soldiers to get over this problem of hooding, of masking, of the face. It's all about the face. Because if you can remove the face, then your kill rate goes from 15% to 95%. This is studied in West Point to Sandhurst to every military academy worldwide. Don't take my word for it. Just look it up. World War II a 15% kill rate, firing rate, excuse me. Vietnam, a 90 to 95% firing rate. Why? It's called psychological distance training. Distancing oneself from another's humanity. Distancing oneself from another's humanity, their face. Kill rate drops considerably the closer a soldier gets to his enemy's face. You would think the kill rate would go up the closer you would get to your enemy. No. Statistically, the kill rate drops the closer a soldier gets to his enemy. The further away he's moved from his enemy, the kill rate goes up exponentially, with the highest kill rate, of course, being from aircraft and from ships. But the closer you go, the kill rate drops considerably. Bayonet range and hand-to-hand -hand combat range, the kill rate drops absolutely, absolutely bottoms out, because there is only about 2% of men that are able to engage and kill at that, that range. That's statistically because they have to deal with the expressions of killing and seeing somebody else's face. I had a heated discussion yesterday with a manager of a business and I said, no, I don't accept what you're offering me. And as the conversation and the temperature started to 
increase a little bit. Of course, I was in there with nothing on my face but my lips. And I did notice that as I became more assertive and stood my ground, that he kept moving his mask further up over his nose. Why? Because as the temperature increased, it's so much easier to hide, isn't it? To hide your humanity. And a lot of people actually enjoy that, being hooded. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but it's very important that you wake the hell up to what this world is psychologically done to those that acquiesce and love hooding. It's the Stockholm Syndrome, where they actually now love and have a kinship with the authority that abducted them and took them out of normal society and then made them hostage to these mandates. It's called the Stockholm Syndrome. There's more of a kinship now with the captors than there is with the free man. Number two, aprons. The Greek word there, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this. I'll slaughter it. Simikintheon, of course, it's of Latin origin again. It means, in Latin, a semi-sensitum. A semi-sensitum, meaning a half-girding. Yep, everybody walking around with a half-girding aprons. You see, there's nothing new, and I say this every single week, under the sun. This is a chapter of spiritual warfare, of the occult exorcists walking around trying to affect and put mayhem on society. Number three, disease. The Hebrew word here is machala, machala, disease. It's spelt mem, chet, lamed, he. Hebrews, Strong's number 4245. Injections, anybody? Anybody? Hebrew machala, it means this, a borehole, pain. A hole is drilled with a tool. The spot to be drilled is first scored to make an indentation to accept the drill. And the beginning of the drilling is the most difficult as the drill can easily slip out. To make something common that is meant to be set apart. Set apart for a special, special function, excuse me. To begin, profane, pollute, defile, break, wound, eat, and slay. That's what the Hebrew word machala, translated right here into disease, means. Trouble, sick besiege, weak, grievous, diseased, wounded, 
pray, entreat, grief, grieved, sore, pain, infirmity. A metal pitted from oxidation. Magnets, anybody? This is crazy. Have you seen, and I love how CNN loves to debunk it, right? When CNN debunks something, you know that it's true, right? Absolutely insanity. When people have got magnets on an injection site, what's going on with that? It's metal pitted from oxidation. Number four, exorcists, the Greek word exkistes, from the Hebrew Strong's number 5927, Allah, associated with the Arabic jinn, which of course today comes across in an anglicized form as a genie. And once you let the genie out of the bottle, it's kind of hard to get the genie back in. With a broader meaning of spirit or demon, depending on the source. You see, this chapter is spiritual warfare. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons that we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we all, 12 tribes scattered abroad, we demolish every argument and pretension that sets itself up before the knowledge of Yahweh. And we take captive every thought of ours and we must hold it obedient to Yahushua HaMashiach. Otherwise, you will literally be following the prince of darkness and the Illuminati globalist agenda here. It's that simple. This is the world in which you and I currently exist. Exorcists associated with the Arabic jinn. With a broader meaning of spirit demon, depending on the source. This is supernatural. These are supernatural creatures in early pre-Islamic Arabian and later Islamic mythology and theology. Jinn, they are not strictly an Islamic concept. They represent several pagan beliefs that were integrated into Islam. Devils and jinn feature in folklore and are held responsible for misfortune, possession, and diseases. I'm going to tie this all in, so just bear with me. Jinn, they are mentioned frequently in magical works throughout the Islamic world. To be summoned, to be bound to a sorcerer, Stockholm Syndrome, to be bound to a sorcerer. Do you know anybody who's been summoned to get a vaccine, to be bound to the sorcerer so they can travel freely, access services, return to school? I'm just asking for a friend. I mean, I'm just asking for a friend. You see, this word is also associated, listen, in zoological treatises as animals with a subtle body. What's that? 
That's a chimera. That's a chimera. That's what all these test cases are going to be. Chimeras. Zoological treatises. Animals. Copyrighted property of the sorcerer. Copyrighted property of the sorcerer. Because they are now chimeras. You can patent a chimera. Just like you can patent GMO seed. Now, some cognates of this word include the Arabic majun, which means to be possessed or generally insane. Janar, which means garden, Eden, or heaven. And janin, meaning embryo. The, these are the cognates in that language. Don't you see that they are trying to manufacture their version of heaven here on earth through sorcery that will affect the embryo? Come on. I mean, do you get what I'm laying down here? You see, jinn are natural in the classical philosophical sense by consisting of an element undergoing change and being bound in time and space. They resemble spirits or demons in a sense of evading sensible perception, but are not of immaterial nature. Just think on that. Now, I understand. I get a head start on you guys because I get to study this out and present it. So sometimes you're going to have to go back and go, what did he just say? And just don't dismiss it. Because I really believe that this is key for us to be able to have the spiritual eyes to see, not to be deceived by all the noise and magic around us. These jinn interact in a tactile manner with people and objects. It's real. In scientific treatises, the jinn are included and depicted as animals with a subtle body. The Qanun in Islam, written in 1832 by Sharif Jafar, Writing about the jinn belief in India states that their body constitutes 90% of spirit and 10% of flesh. They resemble human beings in many regards, their subtle matter being the only main difference. You see, Islam has been writing about this for centuries. But it is this very nature that enables them to change their shape, move quickly, fly, and enter into human bodies, causing epilepsy and illness, hence the temptation for humans to make them allies by means of ma magical medicinal practices. Last week we spoke about the sky gods. This is all relates, does it not? There is no way S.A. Tan can do such a thing as this.
So what has he done? In the scripture, we see them bringing these elements to Paul and Paul using it for great good. There's no way that Satan can do such a thing as that. So he must take that in scripture and converse and pervert it. What is up, what is, what is up is down. What is black is white. Brethren, what's the converse of what we see here in the scripture? Just what I've described to you. Fabrics and masks were brought to the healthy and viruses and diseases incubated within them and a demon RNA went into them and they became zombies, insane, bound in their DNA to the sorcerer. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. Welcome to the world that you live in. And guess what? Anybody that doesn't submit to the occult magic, they'll say you're the insane one. Because that is where this Luciferic origins comes from. Look at the next text here. That's a little bit of a heavy one, wasn't it? But I'm telling you, you've got to think. Because our war is not against flesh and blood. It's the principalities that are setting you up for everything that is about to come down the pike in Revelation, which is why we spent quite a bit of time in Revelation. But the book of Acts prepares the spirit of man to overcome whatever the world can throw at him. That's why I love the book of Acts. Now, in the name of the Master Yahweh, saying, We adjure you by Yahushua, who Paul proclaims, verse 14, And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and the head of the roving exorcist priests, who did the same very thing. And the evil demon answered and said, Yahushua I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked, beaten, and wounded. Here, of course, we have the infamous seven sons of Sceva. But you and I are dealing with the seven sons of Sceva today, and most people just go along with it. I'm not going to go along with Fauci. I'm not going along with Kissinger. I'm certainly not going along with Gates. I don't know what the heck he's up to right now. Clinton, well, you know, go along to get along. Soros, Schwab, or Epstein, he's out of the picture, allegedly. I mean, seven sons of Sceva. The occult was a massive part of everyday life in Ephesus, and to a lesser extent, all over the Roman world. The satanic realm is behind every part of this. These are not regular people. They are sorcerers. They make a living from it. They make a living from it. Sons of Sceva. This is multi-generational. This isn't some like verse that is abstract. This is multi-generate. If it started here and it's multi-generational, are we going to find it in our generations? For sure and for certain, because it goes down the line. The sons of Sceva, 
This is the multi-generational, the likes of the house of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha. Of course, a branch of the house of Wettin. The Wettins gradually rose to power within the Holy Roman Empire right from here. People don't realize that. The Wettins, the house of Wettin, rose to power within the Holy Roman Empire right from here. Well, what's the house of Wettin? It's the house of Windsor. Now, one of their very sons is the Prince of Montecetto in California. Why now? In preparation for the Great Reset, you don't think the Bank of England is going to just leave this shore untouched. If we're going to reset the financial system, and the financial system stems from the Bank of England, from the city, overseen by another city, the Vatican, overseen by another city of 10 square miles on Washington, D.C., you better have a representative over here to make sure that that generational iniquity can prevail through the great financial reset. We have the Prince of Montecito, of course, now you've got Meghan and Harry, have their sights set on colonizing the California elite that are now, of course, sitting in the midst of a power vacuum. Well, where's Epstein? Well, allegedly he's gone. Well, Clinton ousted Fauci. Well, he's lost all credibility and he's on the way out. Soros, well, he's one minute to midnight. How, how much longer can they keep that guy propped up and alive? Well, the Queen, she's one minute to midnight as well. So you're going to have the Prince of Montecito down there in California, and then you're going to have his brother, the king, over there. <laughs> this is ready for the Great Reset, the Great Financial Reset. This is a Vatican, City of London, Washington, D.C., total ready for the Great Reset. You better have your House of Windsor over on this land, because the people, you know, especially if you can get some occult magic in there, they'll just go right along for it. Guess what? We'll have fun interviews and it'll be just some big drama. Maybe we can get them on Spotify. <gasps> it's just entertainment. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, just like King Henry's court. Jesters. They've been doing this for millennia. And everybody just loves to sit back and watch the jesters. Oh, it's just a show. Of course it's a show to those of you that can't see through the blooming smoke and mirrors. This is ready for the financial reset. This is all planned. Verse 17. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Savior, Yahushua, was magnified. That is our only way out of this, is to magnify the name of Yahushua through it all and all. And then, when then, when then fear fell on them, because the name of Yahushua is magnified. And many that believed came and confessed, and they showed 
their satanic deeds. Many of them also who had used magic brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they kept... <laughs> I mean, am I really living in this modern age? Has Yahweh really... Has he truly blessed us so much to give us such a gem, such a precious word, and the power of his Holy Spirit to interpret it that we can see so clearly the day and age in which, yes, what great merciful love. Verse 19. It blows my mind sometimes. Many of them also who used magic brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of the books and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Do you think people will ever wake up enough to do something like this? Do you think people will ever see through the privileges and penalties? Because right now, the privileges are coming, right? Did you get your check? Oh, there's another check coming. These are the, the privileges are coming right now. Billions, billions of dollars worth of privilege. You wait for those penalties. <laughs> Because you can't have one without the other. That's the contract. That's the contract. Benefits. Taxes, where a whole slew of the magicians will get their magic scrolls, their paper debt instruments, in a pile and burn them. The whole system right here then, as it is now, was monetized upon the people's labor. To be free, you must have four things. To be free, you must have four things. You must have land, number one. You must have an army, number two. You must have labor, number three, and you must have, number four, a treasury. Doesn't matter whether it's this earthly realm or Yahuwah's kingdom realm. To be truly free, you've got to have a land, an army, a labor, and a treasury. Now, living in mystery Babylon, there is only the image of freedom it's only an image of freedom but it's not true freedom in jeremiah in the second chapter he says thus israel you're a slave you're a home-born servant you have become a prey for the eagle Meaning, the moment that the birth certificate was signed and that social security number was assigned to your name, you were traded to the eagle, 
that devours your carcass. Let's talk about freedom. Number one, the land. Who owns the land? The BLM. Not Black Lives Matter. I mean, that's what you would think nowadays. No, the Bureau of Land Management and Bill Gates. There's your land. Number two, who's your army? Well, that's the Fed and the revenue agents. Number three, well, what about labor? Bonded, numbered, and traded from birth. Yep. Number four, the treasury. Oh, yeah, it's trading, all right. Trading just like it says that the king of Tyre did in Ezekiel 20, on your soul. But in Yahusha, there was and there will be freedom again. But again, look at Yahusha. There's going to be a land, an army, labor, and a treasury. Because true freedom or slavery will always consist around land, army, labor, and treasury. Land. What happened with Yahusha? When Yahusha steps out on the land, what happens? He went to the Gadarenes. He stepped out, the Bible says, on the land, and the occult cried out and fell down before him. He's king. He breaks the bonds and sets the captives free. When Yahusha steps on the land in Luke chapter 8, there is freedom. Number two, an army. Yahusha has an army. And the magicians will be gathered to make war against him, who will be sitting on a horse, and they will come against his army. You see that in Revelation 19. He has an army. Number three, there's labor, but the labor is different. Because he says in Matthew 11, come to me, all who labor and are oppressed. And I will give you rest. And a treasury? In Mark chapter 12, Yahushua sits opposite the treasury. And he's keeping watch. Because that's true freedom. But what this world is doing is magicians, occult, wickedness as hell. The land has been taken over by BLM and Bill Gates. The army is the Fed and the revenue agents. The labor, you're bonded and numbered and traded from birth. And the treasury, they're trading on your soul. Just as the king of Tyre did. But in Yahusha, there was and there will be true freedom. Because when he steps on the land, the occult flee and he sets the captives free. And his army is coming back in Revelation 19. And the labor that he has, oh, it's easy and light. And he sits right opposite, keeping watch over the treasury. Because that's where true freedom comes. Here in our text, 50,000 drachma. 50,000 drachma. This was silver coins that were a basic unit of currency. This was a princely sum. 
it was worth about 50,000 days of your labor. Because one drachma or a denarius for a day of work, this was about 167 years of work, working six days a week or 300 days a year. It, don't think S.A. Tan hasn't forgotten this equation. Oh, don't think that he hasn't forgotten this magic equation. Because he wants to get his pound of flesh back for what happened here. So there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to be indebted for 50,000 days of labor, 167 years of slave work, six days a week for 300 days a year. Don't think that S.A. Tan wants his pound of flesh for this. Of course he does. Of course he does. That is what this great reset is actually going to bring about cradle-to-grave laborers working to pay off 167 years of debt per fictitious person that you step in and become, of course, the home-born slave for. It's sobering, isn't it? Incantations weren't public knowledge but was secret and private. They were intended to be used by only those in the globalist inner circle. The satanic realm is behind every part of this facade. These are actually sorcerers who make a living through their foundations from it. These are magic scrolls fictitious paper instruments for the use only of the sorcerers themselves. They can add leaves or pages to them or subtract leaves or pages from them, increasing the ledgering or decreasing the ledgering, whilst nothing on the land realm actually changes, does it? It's all numbers and ledgering. I mean, we call these books today Federal Reserve Notes. No longer backed by silver like in the text because we know what happened in 1933. But mystery Babylon's debt instruments backed by their occult. You turn them over, in God we trust. They used to be called silver certificates. And if you turn over a silver certificate, there is no inscription in God we trust. Because you never had to invoke the deity because it was backed by gold and silver. But once you collect all of that in, and now there's no money to pay anything, you better invoke the deity because you've got to have faith to accept the non-value of the paper instrument. So, of course, they put in God we trust. But it's not Yahweh. It's this occult realm that they all trust in with these fictitious instruments. But if you want to accept it and he gives it to you, then I guess it'll work. This is Mystery Babylon. This is Ezekiel 28. In God we trust. Lucifer, the Enlightened One. 
They invoke faith in the deity because they know the people won't accept them otherwise. Because they have no substance in the earthly reality. Without them, the exorcist was powerless. And they were worth a great deal of money. So basically, beware of the silversmiths causing a great disturbance about this kind of teaching today. And then continue to read on through verse 20 all the way down. And look what we find in verse 31. And certain of the officials of Asia Minor, who were his friends, sent for him desiring that he would not risk his life in the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the mob was confused. And most did not know why they had come together. You see, what happened here is mob thinking began to prevail. Aren't you seeing that today? It's scary, this mob thinking that prevails. And then you're the, you're, you're the salmon swimming up river. Because everybody else is just, just being washed out to sea. Washed out to sea. Mob thinking prevailed. And everyone was shouting, Yet they have nothing to say. Isn't that social media today? Everybody's shouting, but they've got nothing to say. Do you see the similarities? Now look down here. How are we doing for time? How long have I been going? See, this is where we may have to get into part three. There's so much to cover. How are we doing? Give me a time stamp. Oh, nearly an hour. Wow. See, I just, I'm just, I feel like I'm just getting going. Give us some thumbs up. I can't tell. See, I haven't got my computer before me. Should we continue on or should we, should we get into the chat? There's so much to cover. Larry, can you look and see? What do the people say? What do the people say? What do you say in the chat? Let's have a look in the chat right now. If you want me to keep going, I'll keep going. But if you want me just to, to keep it... All right, let's see. We'll take a little break so I can have a sit down. This is a good spot, and we can make a part three, or we can... Um, this is what happens when you get me live, you see. All right, where are we? Let's see if we can find me. There we are. All right. Put it up in the chat. Are we going to make a part three and chat now, or am I going to keep on going? All right, let me know. Put it up in the chat right now. I'm going to sit down and give you guys uh, a minute to two, a minute or two. Thomas Hughes is going. Go, 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 go. Oh, Kevin Niebling. He says, keep. Oh, we got. Don't be shy. If you want me to just to put a paper bag over it, as my mother would say. What's the BLM part? Bureau of Land Management. They own all the land along with Bill Gates. But Zuckerberg's going to get his piece of Hawaii. Don't you worry about that. Well, so far we got lots of fire. We got some keep going. Who's going to tell me to shut the Henry up? <sighs> I'm going to have. Oh, I got. Oh, I got myself a sweetie. I'm going to have a sweetie. That'll really vamp me up, won't it? Get me going. Mm -mm -mm. We need it for three hours. Preach it. Keep on going. Feed us. Feed the sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture, aren't we? 
Money, meanie, God, gad. Oh, keep on going. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Lolita Jones says, no body. No body what, Lolita? Truth like Velcro. Don't paper bag it. Keep on going. Come on. Oh, giant killers up there. Come on. Their throat is an open tomb. Henry. Mm. That would be nice. I heard Zuckerberg was at Gitmo. (laughs) My good grief. What a a world. Mm. You have to preach for 14 hours in China. You do? Maybe we need to go to China. Set the Chinese free from their captivity. All right, all right. I'm having a rest. I'm going. I'm going back. I guess we're going to keep on preaching. Linda George has given me some thumbs up. All right. All right. I'm resting. I'm resting. And I'm coming back in strong. Mm. Cameron down there. The Persian Jew says, keep going, please. The UN, United Nimrod. (laughs) I love you guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. Shiloh Harbor. The same plasma-like liquid metal that's in our smartphone screens. Look up SM102 and you'll have to follow the science translation. Endure, brother Matthew. The Taliban used the mask first. (laughs) Oh yeah, come on, give me on some of that Hawaiian stuff. No, Hawaii is mine and revenge for me, William Kamahale says. King of heaven, oh. Oh. Maybe, William, are you actually a Hawaiian? <laughs> Tag me in if you get tired. <sighs> All right, here we go. All right, sipping on. <laughs> All right, All right. here we go. Here we go. We're going. We're going on Acts chapter 9. Put that down and get back to it. Got myself a new can of bubbly here, sparkling water, cherry bubbly. Get that going. This is what you get when you get live. Live. It's Shabbat. Relax, rest, recline. We're in verse 34. Now let's go back to verse 33. I don't need my glasses on. I only need it for the computer. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude. And the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned for silence with his hand. And would have made his defense to the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew... All with one voice, for about two hours, cried out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And when the clerk had quieted the people, and when the clerk, 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 had quieted the people, now I'm showing my age, he said, You men of Ephesus, 
What man is there that knows not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshipper of the great female mighty one, Artemis, and her image which fell down from Zeus in heaven? These people are insane. The clerk speaks. Look who actually wields Satan's scepter. The one person that everybody listens to, the clerk, steps forward. He was the arbitrator between civil authorities and the Roman imperial rule. And he spoke for both sides. <laughs> now only a few of you got what I just laid down. But the clerk, his message is an official speech, verses 35 through 40. And there's four parts to it. Four parts to this speech. And finally the mob is quelled as the people begin to listen. The first part of the speech, there's four parts. The first part is called the exordium in verse 35. The clerk, what he does is he reminds the mob that all the world knows that their city has the honor of being the guardian of the occult system. The term here for guardian is neochorus, neochorus, or guardian, neochorus. Yeah, we're coming out of the matrix here, neo. Neochorus. It's a special title meaning the temple warden. The one who kept the people bound in the Ephesian matrix. It's a synonym for mystery Babylon today. Ultimately, your fate and my fate is tied with Neo. They have to tell you disclosure what they're going to do because it's all part of contract but they don't want you to see through the court jester what's really going on so it's a play take the stick of the witch which was made out of Hollywood and you can display it before the Queen's court and only a few will have the perception and the spiritual awakening to discern what the King actually sees as King are you asking as King the right questions The one who kept the people bound in the Ephesian matrix, a synonym for mystery Babylon today.
ultimately everybody's fate is tied up with Neo. Either the world's temple warden or the true temple warden over the Malkitzedic priesthood. But it's Neo either way. The image of Neo or the true Neo. What is the Neo? It's the Neochorus, the guardian, the temple guardian. Either you have the true temple warden over the Malkitzedic priesthood, or you choose the image of the guardian. But both is a Neo. It's the red pill or the blue pill. It's all being presented to you as a court jesting entertainment. But reality is a step behind it that they don't want you to see behind the curtain. Meaning, we all hold the keys to our own prison cell. We all hold the keys to our own prison. The clerk is the one who either turns the key clockwise or anti-clockwise based upon performance in the Queen's Court. Based upon performance in the Queen's Court. Number two, we have the proposito or thesis in verse 36. And it's the call what? To calm down. Calm down, everybody. There's nothing to see. Calm down, mob. It's okay. Everything's going to go back to normal. If you don't believe me, I'll send you some more privileges just to quell you down. It's going to be okay. There's another grant coming out. You'll want to apply for that. We'll send you some more. Everything's going to be just fine. Make sure you become docile. Make sure you don't do anything rash. That's the second part. The proposito, verse 36. The third part is the probatio. The probatio. Kind of sounds like you're on probation, doesn't it? Has a judge, really it's the clerk who holds the scepter, ever put you on probation? It's an argument. It's a controversy. It's meant to prove a point. The clerk tells the bankers, the silversmiths, that it's time to change your approach. Bring charges before the city courts and the Roman proconsuls. It's all tied to the silversmiths. Mm. The fourth part, the peratio, or the conclusion, where now we attempt to instill fear by warnings of being charged. Sound familiar? Oh, you should settle. Oh, you should cop a plea. 
Settling and pleased, Jeremiah tells us in the second chapter, this is for home-born slaves. And remember, attorneys turn for the dead. You see, nothing more than a Roman military action is in view here. A loss of privileges the Romans had extended to the Ephesians. Oh, the Ephesians were getting some benefits. They were getting privileges, but the Romans could flip that just as quickly and turn those privileges into penalties. Surrender your rights. Accept the privileges and penalties. This was conjured up by Lucifer in Tyre and was the foundation to the Greco-Roman legal system. And it is the foundation to Mystery Babylon's legal system and our great modern globalist world order that is about to reset. It's time to come out of your pod, Neo, and follow the true temple warden. You have to follow the true temple warden, otherwise you're going to get washed out to sea. We all hold the keys to our own prison cell. Israel, you're a slave. You're a home-born servant. But you hold the keys to your own prison cell. The clerk will turn the keys left or right. It's the jester's court of performance. But the king sits behind waiting to see what the performance shall be. Mystery Babylon. Neo. Which temple warden will you choose? The dragon stands before the woman, being about to bear, so that when she bears, he might devour her child. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? This is the world in which we live. Verse 36, seeing then that these cannot be spoken against, you should be quiet. Do nothing in haste. For you have brought here these men who are neither robbers of churches or blasphemers of your female mighty one. Verse 37, I think I touched on this on the introduction to the book of Acts. It's very interesting. Because William Tyndale translated ecclesia, the Greek word ecclesia, he translated it congregation. Congregation, congregation, the congregation of the righteous, the holy saints, the congregation, the ecclesia, the called out congregation. One who crosses over, a Hebrew, from one soil to a better soil, planted, rooted to bring forth a crop. That ecclesia is the congregation. That's what William Tyndall translated ecclesia as in his 1526 translation of the Bible. But when he got to verse 37 of Acts chapter 9, 
he translated the Greek word herosoulos, right here, herosoulos, he translated it into a church. Because in 1526, in 1526, in English, everybody knew that the word church meant a pagan heathen shrine. Because that's exactly what papal Rome was doing all over Europe. In 1526, William Tyndale knew that he should translate verse 37, Herosoulos, not into congregation, heaven forbid, because that is a word that is set apart for the called out assembly. But he should translate Herosoulos into church. Because in the English language of 1526, church was associated with heathen, pagan temples where robbers came for indulgences with idols and icons and incense to Satan. It wasn't until the King Jimmy came along in 1611 and they made the 15 rules that bound translation that church became an accepted term. But 500 years ago, everybody knew what the English word church meant. Because we have seen now the effects of this occult paganism that is taught throughout the land and accepted, it makes the people inactive and docile, ready to receive the one who portrays himself as light, the light bearer. Wake up. Verse 38, Therefore, if Demetrius... And the craftsmen who are with him have a matter against any man. The courts are open. And their proconsuls, let them accuse one another. So what's the purpose of courts? To set you all up to accuse one another. So then it needs to be adjudicated. Fall into that. Start accusing one another. Verse 39, but if you inquire, inquiries, anything concerning any other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful court. For we are in danger to be called an account for this day's riot, there being no reason we can give to account for this mob scene, obscene mob scene. And when he had spoken, he dismissed the crowd. Lawful courts. Well, what are lawful courts? Are they statutory? Are they chancery? Are they maritime? Are they admiralty? Convictions and dismissals, arguments, contentions, controversy. Well, it really depends what temple warden you place yourself under. Turn the key left. 
and the door is locked. Turn the key right, and it's a whole new world. The old financial system is dying, and our future is being reborn right in front of our eyes. But everybody's been trained to turn the key that way, and the door is locked. But you can instruct the key to be turned the other way. And then a whole new world of the reset is open unto you. The old financial system is dying. And our future is being reborn. Those that choose to turn the key that way go to destruction and stay in mystery Babylon. But those that instruct the key be turned the other way reborn not only inward by the redemption of Yahusha, but we actually learn to walk as kings and priests upon the land. It's awesome if you can bear the heat. But you've got to bear the heat. You have to walk in it. Yahweh gave the people favor in sight of mystery Babylon so that they rendered unto them such things as they required and they spoiled Mystery Babylon. Of course, that's a modern-day paraphrase of Exodus chapter 12, verse 36. But what happened then is right about to happen now. Either path is a furnace. Either path is a furnace, for sure. The heat is on. But it's the refiner's fire where our past dies and our new future awaits. Or it's the fire in your veins where your genetic past dies and a short future awaits. Therefore they said among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Let's find out whose it shall be. Therefore, the military did these things. Is that not what happened when Yahusha, the temple warden of the Malkizedek priesthood, was being crucified? They said amongst themselves, let's not tear it. Let's cast lots for it. I got a great idea. Let's have a lottery for your flesh. For your garments of skin. This is a fabulous idea. Let's have a lottery for your garments of skin. Therefore the military did these things. Greco-Roman humanity has cast lots for man's skin garment right before your eyes. And the court jester performs and everybody claps because you've got Stockholm Syndrome. You love your captors. You love them. Come join the lottery. It's the race to admire the glory of the one transformed into an angel of light. Oh, how majestic and beautiful he is. Oh, look, he's coming in the sky. Oh, my goodness. They are gods. And we are gods. And 
We will ascend him. Oh, Lucifer. Wicked hell. The one transformed into an angel of light is who the world will turn to worship. This is going to be performed by the greatest court jester of all, the military-industrial complex that is setting the whole world up for the greatest theater ever to be performed on this earth. Or is it time to train yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit for transfiguration? For transfiguration. Or you can choose lots, lottery, trodden underfoot by men. Because so many people right now, they've accepted their captors. Stockholm Syndrome, I'm trodden under feet by men and I love it. Well, that's lots, lottery. Enter the lottery. Enter the lottery. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but it will be cast out and be trodden underfoot of men. Are you tired of being trodden underfoot of men? Are you tired? Or will you accept your captives? There's two neos being presented to you. Two temple guardians. The temple guardian of mystery Babylon and the reset that's about to occur. Or you go to the temple guardian of the high priest, Yahushua himself, after the order of Malkitzedek. It's going to be a hot fire, either pulsing through your veins or it's going to be the refiner's fire as you swim upstream and you kick against the pricks phenomenal changes ahead brethren phenomenal changes ahead and remember you hold the keys to your own prison turn left turn right you direct the clerk to turn and you shall see the great reset right before you. It's physical. It's going to affect your soul and it's going to transform us spiritually ready to receive the coming of the king. The great Neo, guardian of the temple in heaven. Meanwhile, they're presenting another pill to you. Which one will you take? You see, they've laid this out in film from Hollywood because it has to be disclosed, because it's contract, and you have to accept the contract. It was all, we laid the contract out before you. You gave it great reviews. You loved it. And you chose that. Therefore, you're either a home-born slave, 
Or, like Jeremiah, you can ascend right out of that. Oh my goodness, what a world we live in. Acts chapter 19, spiritual warfare. Let's see what you guys have on the chat. I went long. I went strong. Mm-mm-mm. Let's reset the computer and see if I still have some of you here. Give us some thumbs up if you're still here. Give us some thumbs up. Leave some comments in the chat. Edify one another. Comments below. And I will see. If you want to get my attention, redline me. <laughs> Kevin Niebling, are you saying Kalaine is in the... Oh, oh, you're not talking to me. You're talking, you're talking to um, our friend in, in, um, in uh, Hawaii, possibly. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris in FEMA Region 4, can we close each Shabbat with the priestly blessing? Hebrew or English or both? Which one? Put it up there, Chris. Let me know. All right. Alma Gordon, Shabbat Shalom. Do you think these people know that they are involved in evil or just going along with the system? I think people are afraid. They're so afraid that they have Stockholm Syndrome because they're spiritually dead. And they don't realize it, so therefore they go along because they're afraid, because they're afraid of their captives, because they, 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 they know that they want the next bowl of rice, even though it's moldy. And they want the next drabs. They want the scraps from their captor's table instead of living with something that is so much better, which is the salvific life that comes through the blood of the Lamb. All right. Much more true. says, don't give thumbs up here, but on the actual like button. Yes, put it on the actual like button. I love the thumbs up here too, but hit it, hit it on the like button because that helps other people and um, come and see the teaching because it goes up in the, all, all the algorithms and all that nonsense they do. Yes. Lolita, bless you, sister. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching, for tuning in. Praise Yahweh. Ah. Libby Tube, hit us up, Libby Tube. How, how are you doing down there in Louisiana? They mock by assigning cell numbers, as in cell phones. Oh, it's, there's so much mockery going. Mm-hmm-hmm. Giant killer, thanks for the thumbs up, but give us thumbs up on the actual um, Hebrew, um, Hebrew, <laughs> the Acts of the Hebrews, Acts chapter 19, part 2, down there on the YouTube. Hit us up right there. I hope you have lost your marbles, Matthew. I used to play marbles when I was at school. I was actually quite good at it. I used to play conkers as well. Most of you don't even know what conkers is, do you? Tell us if you know what conkers is. Put it in the chat. 
Oh, I love some scripture. Kevin Niebling, Proverbs 29, verse 9. If a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. Don't contend with fools, exactly. Angelo Baig, Shabbat Shalom, Angela. She or he, Angelo. Sorry, I can't see your profile picture here. Um, from Pennsylvania. Todarabah, great lesson. Hallelujah, one million little tree. Are we in the tribulation? Ooh, I think we are in Jacob's trouble. Okay, I think it's a precursor. We're about to go into the great tribulation. I think it's Jacob's trouble. Yaakov's trouble. Remember, I've told you this so many times. Jacob's trouble. First trouble, of course, was when he left Laban. Boom, divides his house. The house is divided into two as he goes to meet Esau, his brother. That was a great trouble for him. Lots of benefits went forward. Lots of benefits, appeasements to try and bring down the temperature of the trouble. But his great tribulation, of course, Jacob's great tribulation was when his beloved son allegedly, through occult magic, appeared dead with a garment of blood dipped in a goat. That was the set-off for the Great Tribulation. So I think we're in the uh, trouble before it. Carlos Guzman, Baruch Hashem Yahuwah, how are you doing up there? Oh, yeah, I've checked out the CDC's zombie section. There is totally a, Z, uh, a zombie preparedness link in there in the um, CDC website. Of course, they're portraying it as court jesters. They have to because the gullible are going to go, oh, this is so great. It's on, it's on uh, the CDC website. They have to portray it. The king's court, you've got to have your jester in there. You're never going to get the stuff passed unless you have Punch and Judy, the court jester. If you don't know what Punch and Judy is, I grew up with Punch and Judy. Check it out online. You'll, you'll love it. Punch and Judy, of course. We used to go to the circus all the time when I was a boy. And um, the circus would come to town every year. And I'd always go to the circus. And always watch Punch and Judy. Punch and Judy's been around since the time of King Henry VIII, for crying out loud. Hollywood is Punch and Judy. Meghan and Harry and Oprah Winfrey is the most amazing Punch and Judy show you're ever going to watch. If you can see behind the curtain, Dorothy. Oh, good night. How do I? I mean, I had to call, call my, my friend yesterday and, and confess. I think I'm going bananas. I got so much input coming in, so much revelation coming out. The world is affronting me. I mean, it's poof. but for such a time as this, right? Woo. Keep going, Randall. You keep going, Randall. It's a lot of pressure. Listen to the spirit. There we go. Levanka 23. Oh, see, just that word just calms me down. Some of you sisters out there, I tell you, you're medicine, medicine, medicine to your husbands. And sometimes you get to call me up too and bless me. And I thank you so much, those of you, those sisters out there that have got my digits, my phone number, really, really minister to me big time.
Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. And it is a time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. Chris says, call Matthew's wife. It's going to be a late night. Woo! Now, Karen Long, yes, Oprah. Ah, oh, her mother meant to call her Orpa. Beauty and the Beast is about to be in full effect. Right, that's bestiality, right? Chimeras. But Machiel, the chief messenger, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moshe, presumed not to bring against him a blasphemous accusation, but said, Yahweh rebuke you. And that's exactly what we should do. Exactly. You know, when I first started Torah to the tribes off many, many years ago, I knew this lovely old lady, and some of you that have been with us for a while, you may remember Virgie. She has since passed on. But um, she used to own an antique shop up in, uh, well, north of here. She was in her 70s. She was closing up the antique shop one night. And uh, this true story. And an armed robber came in and held her up at gunpoint. You know what she did? She rebuked him in the name of the Messiah, Yahusha, and he fled. <laughs> he legged it. I mean, I just love it. Just bold. He just was like, gone. Yeah. Big, simple ruffian for Yahushua. Albert Pike was the Wizard of Oz. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Asa tells us about the um, Asa, Asa flow, Asa flow, Asa flow. Animal DNA. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to watch those hoodies, man. They're going to try and hood you. That's what it's all about. Get rid of your humanity. Oh, yeah, you should have seen this guy yesterday. Well, I'm not going to hear and argue with you. I'm, I'm arguing with you. I'm communicating. Don't accept what you're... Oh, pff, push that, pull that, hide behind that. Right? People love it. Stockholm Syndrome. Let's go all night like the apostles did. Oh, yeah, fall out. Fall out of the... Uh, Fall out of the window. Shiloh Harbour's banging up some good stuff. Get in the chat here, people. This is great. Remember, T4 People says, says this every week. Please remember to, to add subtitles. I don't know how they do that. I don't know how to do it. Do you know how to do it? If you do, email me. It looks like there's subtitles right now. I'm looking at the screen. Trump is Biff from Back to the Future 2. <laughs> That was a good movie, though, wasn't it? All right, I'm going to scroll up until you guys get busy. I'm having a good time. I've got these little sweeties here. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I tell you, isn't it, though? Acts chapter 19, spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. 
Oh, Diesel Grandpa up there in Snohomish County. It was interesting on the news talking about UFOs. They came up out of the sea and went back into the sea, not from space, just as the scriptures depicted. Uh-huh. Leviathan, mate. Leviathan. Randolph Sloan, no, I will never love my captors. I was created to believe in Yahweh, Karen Long says. Emissary of Elohim, it is Baphomet. <laughs> Nailing it. You, I, you know what I love when I'm around you, you brethren, whether it be here, but then when we get to it, the feast be in person, it's like, man, switched on people, spiritually and with what, what's going on in the world train ourselves through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, says Lolita Jones. That's right. Much more truth. There is strong delusion, major strong delusion going on right now. I'm way up at the top. You most probably want me to come back down to the bottom of the chat, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yosef Mendes Rivas, Baruch Hashem, Yahweh Yosef. He says, Pedo Wood made a movie called Hunger Games sound familiar to you. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Ah, oh, hey, there you go. See, there's so many people, Mary Trotter, that have got, that are breaking in their hearts, too. In this world, there is. Pray for my granddaughter, Ella. My heart just breaks. I told her she didn't have to wear a mask. She chose the mask. What have my children done to my grandchildren? And you, you know how many generations? You see it? There's one in every generation, you know. You know, if you're blessed, maybe more. But most are asleep. That would make a great T-shirt, says Chris Wonky. What would? What, Chris? What? Something Diesel Grandpa said. Shiloh Harbor, I've watched for years, but this is my first time in the chat. <coughs> well, it's great to have you, Shiloh Harbor, in the chat. See, it's a, you have a little bit of camaraderie. Maybe you can connect with somebody as well. Alma Gordon's in the chat quite regular. Sweeties, English, Candy American, just in case. Translation there, thank you, Alma. Yeah, we used to go to the sweet store. Mm-mm-mm. Mike Swaney's talking about flexing his triceps. I was forced vaxxed, but told the nurse if she actually put... That stuff in me, she was cursed for a thousand years. And then I flex my tricep really hard. So IDK, I don't know what that is. IDK. If she faked it, but greater is he in me. All right, that's true. Greater is he. Yahoo is bigger than all of our mistakes. That we do know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you see, Shiloh Harbour, first time in the chat, says thus. I've commented so much, I'll have to replay the whole video just to hear all the good stuff Matthew said again. Lol. Lots of love. No, laugh out loud. Initially, I, that's what my wife thought it meant. She's like, oh, lots of love. He's always sending me lots of love. No, I'm laughing out loud. 
at life, right? Robert Edwards, my pastor, is making us wear a mask. Um, That's a sign for you to change pastors. That's why you're here, right? Pasturing the flock into the pasture, good pasture, freedom. Emissary of Elohim. I first started watching at Zephania, the rock versus sand teaching. It truly has come full circle. Yahweh is good. He is merciful, right? No, no alcohol. No, 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 no alcohol in the bubbly. No. Craft cased Nate. That is just straight from the can. Cherry bubbly. It's natural. Well, allegedly, right? I don't know what the heck it's got in it. Oh, carbonated water, natural flavor. These sips don't lie. That's what it says. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, just amazing stuff. Plain truth. Did you get my plain truth scrolls in your mailbox? I don't know. I'll have to see. I don't recall. I don't don't recall. I will check, though. I will check the mailbox. I will check the mailbox. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, all of you out there. All of you out there. What a blessing. Yahuwah is good, merciful, and full of grace. And you guys are just blessed. So glad to connect with you on the Shabbat. Ah, oh, let's finish in a prayer as we was requested to do the Aaronic blessing. I'll see if I can remember the Hebrew. Oh, you know, all those years in the Messianic movement, and then, you know, I kind of laid a lot of that down. I forget, I used to be... Uh, I used to be a lot sharper on the Hebrew. I never was sharp on the Greek, as you can tell. But, you know, I've got a good Bible, a good Bible translator on the computer and, of course, the strong. So there's no excuse, right? We can all read the scriptures for ourselves. Yevarechacha Yahuwah v'yishmerecha. Yeyeh Yahuwah panavelecha v'chunecha. Yesah Yahuwah panavelecha v'yasim. Lecha, lecha shalom. May Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you all and grant you shalom. In the name of Yahusha, of the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom. Amen. Amen. And if you want to have a little chuckle, see what the googly woogle translate did with that. Of course, they butcher it. I tell you, and we'll finish up with Jeanette Garcia. We need to be vigilant with what we put in our vessels, both spiritually as well as physically. Our mental state has been proven to be affected by what we eat. It truly does but not only by what we eat, by what we read, by what we listen to, by the frequencies 
which we surround ourselves. So be very aware. Get yourself a pocket protector. You know, put your devices in something, and then they can't track you as well. And just be very aware of the frequencies all about. And you know, the best frequency is worshipping Yahuwah in song. So, praise Yahuwah. I had the worship on this morning. And don't hate me, but um, I really like um, some of Don Moen's stuff. I really do. I think, I mean, it's just great, great, great worship. You can just have, you know, that's just me. That's just me. I know everybody's got different different ideas on music, but uh, I sure do enjoy his worship stuff. And we will finish with the piece that Alex S. just threw right there in the chat. Bless one another. Leave us some positive comments down below. Connect with one another down below. Remember, the comments, the chat, it's really to be stewarded for edification and connection with one another. If there's trolls on there, just alert us on the Shabbat Fellowship or something, and we'll, 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 we, we can you know, click them out and ban them up. This is a platform that we want to host and steward for the saints because ultimately this ministry is about the gospel, proclaiming the message to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. And remembering that sometimes we just got to leave to go get that one lost sheep and bring them back into the pasture. But you don't want to listen to a pastor that is leading you down the wrong neo path to Stockholm Syndrome. Give us some thumbs up and thank you for your financial support. Those of you that do support this ministry, it's amazing. Go to our website, tourtothetribes.com and um, connect with one another. There's tons of material. Go back in the archives, read, read the PDFs and, and download that stuff. Share it with your friends. You know, you may take a caption out and you can turn it into a tract and you can hand it to somebody. It could be something out of, you know, Genesis 6 and the alien invasion. I don't know, whatever takes your fancy. But time is short. I believe we're in Yaakov's trouble. And we are getting ready for this time of times and the great reset. Keep your eyes out for the kings and queens of the world that, of course, stand back behind the court jesters. Shabbat Shalom. Yahuwah bless you all.